Today's reading comes from the second chapter of Acts, beginning with the uh, first verse. By the way, when you hear this, the question that I'm going to, I'm going to ask you two questions, so you want to be thinking about this as I'm reading this. One, did you know that th today, Pentecost Sunday, it's considered the birthday of the church? Okay, so why is it the birthday of the church? That's number one. And number two, the second question I want you to answer for me is, are you a Pentecostal? I took a page out of Lance's book. All right. When the Feast of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Without warning, there was a sound like a strong wind, gale force. No one could tell where it came from. It filled the whole building. Then, like a wildfire, the Holy Spirit spread through their ranks, and they started speaking in a number of different languages as the Spirit prompted them. There were many Jews staying in Jerusalem just then, devout pilgrims from all over the world. And when they heard the sound, they came on the run. And then, when they heard one after another their own mother tongues being spoken, they were thunderstruck. They couldn't for the life of them figure out what was going on and kept saying, aren't these all Galileans? How come we're hearing them talk in our various tongues? Parthenians, Medes, Anamites, visitors from Mesopotamia, Judah, Judea, Cappadocius, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, immigrants from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, even Cretans and Arabs. They're speaking our language, describing mighty God's mighty works. Their heads were spinning, but they couldn't make head or tail of any of it. They talked back and forth, confused what's going on here. Others joked, they've got to be drunk. And that's when Peter stood up, and backed up by the other eleven, spoke out with bold urgency. Fellow Jews, all you who are visiting Jerusalem, listen carefully and get this story straight. These people aren't drunk, as some of you suspect. They haven't had time to get drunk. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> wow. This is what the prophet Joel announced would happen. In the last days... God says, I will pour out my spirit on every kind of people. Your sons will prophesy and also your daughters. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. When the time comes, I'll pour out my spirit on those who serve me, men and women both, and they will prophesy. I'll set the wonders in the sky above and signs below, blood and fire, billowing smoke, the sun turning black, the moon blood red. Before the day of the Lord arrives, the day tremendous and marvelous, and whoever calls out for help to me, God will be saved. All right. So, why is this considered the birthday of the church? That's when the promise was fulfilled. What promise? The promise of God. 
Oh no, Jesus left last week. When he, the promise of the friend. Oh, now you're getting there. What was it that Jesus said just before he ascended? That he would provide a friend. A friend. You know, depending on how you translate it. Friend, comforter. We translate it today as the Holy Spirit. Okay? So here we are. He's ascended. And now they're someplace in Jerusalem. They're gathered together. I would assume that uh, their gathering together was the typical gathering together that they had been doing. You know, it was kind of in secret. They were staying out of the Romans' way, and so forth and so on. And it happened to be, what? The Feast of Pentecost. So, what is Pentecost? Is it a Christian holiday? Well, no, it's not. Actually, it's just a—it's a date on the calendar. Celebration. No, we we took it away from being a feast day. Pentecost was tied into the Passover, okay, for the Jews, and it was a celebration of the Jews being set free, etc., etc., etc. And so, it was a feast. What they call a feast day. That's that's how they celebrated days. What happened in the church is, as the church developed, the church looked back at that season of Pentecost, which was what that gathering was about, okay, and it became an anniversary day. This is the day that the Holy Spirit arrived. So, Pentecost is not a Christian holiday. It is not even a Christian feast day if we are to take our history seriously. So now, if it's a feast day for the Jews, and it's the birthday for the church, now I come to my next question. Are you a Pentecostal? No. Why? Because they... They uh back in them days they wasn't wor they didn't worshiping Jesus they was against Jesus. Well, they weren't against him, they just weren't for him. You hear how you said that, right? Those the 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 Jewish folks, the average everyday Jewish folks, they weren't against Jesus. They just didn't get who he was. They just kind of went along with the government officials. Now, you want to talk about people being against Jesus. It was the religious leaders. Okay? Those were the people that, that pushed it, got him arrested, handed him over, handed him over to a foreign government, and the foreign government did what? They played politics with it, and they killed it. And then what did he do? On the third day, he rose, which was to tell us what he had been trying to tell us all along, that if you follow my way of teaching, then you can have a relationship with God. So now we get to Pentecost, and, and, and my point of all of this is, is that people generally think of Pentecost, and if you're a standard, everyday, go-to-church kind of person, maybe you were brought up in the Baptist church or the Episcopal church, and, and actually, the more liturgical your church, right? Tell me this isn't true. The more liturgical your church... When you hear the word Pentecostal, you shudder. 
Because it's like, what does Pentecostal mean? Well, it means you talk in tongues, that you dance in the aisles, you handle snakes, you do all of that kind of uh, wild stuff that we associate with Christianity that's supposed to be about how faith, how strong your faith is. And the reason I pointed it out this morning the way I did is because I want you to understand that that's all goofiness, folks. It's all goofiness. We celebrate the birthday of the church, which happens to coincide with the festival of Pentecost, which is a Jewish celebration. And so the idea of us being Pentecostal is shorthand to say that we're filled with some kind of spirit, but that is not to talk about what Jesus promised us. It doesn't even coincide with this story, although we've developed this story into a very dramatic thing, that there, there were tongues of fire and, and all these people speaking in all these different languages. Well, first of all, if the Spirit was moving, I, I don't have any doubt that there were languages being spoken, that people coming in from those other countries was hearing their own words in their language going, how do these people know? Well, I don't know. But what is important is, is the message that was being given. And it's where, now you ready for this? It is where they got together and said, you know what? We get it. We now understand the message of Jesus, and we are now going to talk about it. We are now going to live it. Because now we understand that friend that Jesus sent us. So that's what's really important. So this morning when I say, are you a Pentecostal? The answer to that question is probably no. And even the Pentecostals are really not Pentecostals. Why? Because the birthday of the church happens to coincide with the Feast of Pentecost. And this is just our way of talking about the arrival of the Spirit. And just like everything else in the church, for every person there is in the church, there is a story about how God interacts with those people. And some people, it's the Spirit. We had a gentleman here last week. Was it last week, Bill? That guy showed up, and he said that, that he was just kind of looking around and, and got this push to come here and, and because somebody said that he didn't believe in God and he needed to have a relationship with God. And so he come to the park, and boom, here we were. That is the Pentecost story, if you want to talk about it that way. I think that people sit there and say, I'm not a Pentecostal, because they're not speaking in tongues. Just like the Episcopals have their form of liturgy, the Methodists have their form of liturgy. It, and, and for those that uh, are not so deep into the theology and understand what liturgy is and all that stuff, the way they worship, it's just the way they worship. It is the way that they feel like that they get in touch with God. So what, it, what, it, so what is the pastor trying to say with all of that? And what I'm trying to say with all of that is that don't be afraid of the word Pentecostal because, number one, it, it's been misused. It's, it's, it's not what you think it is, number one. And number two, and this is the part that I, I knew I was going to have trouble trying to get across, not only is it not what you think it is, but it's everything that you don't know about it. 
in the sense of the arrival of the Spirit. The Spirit does not arrive necessarily with banging tambourines, people speaking in a language that doesn't even exist, and rolling around on the floor of the church, or, or doing all these kinds of dances, and that's the only way to know that you're Spirit-filled or that you have a relationship with God. The Spirit also arrives in those still, quiet moments. The Spirit also arrives in your conscience when you're trying to make a decision and you hear that voice. Yesterday, after my nephew uh, had passed away, we get done with the funeral and his wife goes home, right? And she, on the drive home, because it was the one moment in the day that she found herself alone. And I have no reason to disbelieve her story, right? As she walks into their house, the radio's on. She had turned off everything when she left. She had turned off everything. But the radio's on when she comes in. And guess what radio station was on? Mark's favorite radio station. The station that she never listened to. As a matter of fact, when Mark wasn't there, she would turn the radio off that station to a station that she liked. She walks into that house, and that radio's on. And, of course, people sitting around the table sat there and went, oh, well, come on now, Shannon. Uh, you know, maybe it was a timer on the alarm, so forth and so on. And Shannon said, no, Mark never set an alarm uh, to that radio. And I know that the last time that, that he had that, because it's country music, she didn't like country music, the last time he had that on, he had it on so loud that it aggravated me. And the moment he went to sleep, I changed the station. So the next time he turned it on, he would be annoyed. Which sounds just like Shannon. <laughs> so when she comes home from the funeral, here this radio is. It's on, and it's on Mark's station. Just another way that God was telling her that things were okay. And then Mark was fine. For the first time, she said, in three days since Mark had died, she got a full night's sleep. Because she knew that even though her husband wasn't there physically, he was there. That's what this is about. That is what the celebration of Pentecost Sunday is about. Is to know that despite what happened to Jesus, despite the fact that they killed him, that his teachings... And he are alive and well. All's we have to do to access it. Are you ready for this? All's you have to do to access it. Pay attention. Pay attention. God bless you.